Um, right, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 238 of Dude and a Monkey, rattling through the 200s. We have another bumper um, show for you guys today. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring, good evening. So, hello, um, non-Patreons. We've been... Uh, Patreons have just had uh, the, the the saga of customer services for the past sort of seven or eight minutes. Uh, you're going to get film chat for the, for the rest of you. And we have an abundance of film chat this week, don't we? Because we've seen not one, not two, but three new releases, all of which are cinema releases. We've not used Netflix as a way to do this no. on this one. Also... I can confirm from both our ends, it's not like we've taken advantage of screener season with the torrents either. All three of us have been, have gone, all three of us, uh, both of us have been and gone to each of these movies and yep. seen them, yep. I think over the weekend. <laughs> I did Molly's Game last Monday. That was it, yeah. I, I did Hostiles Friday, All the Money in the World yesterday, Sunday. Yes. So, yeah, um... It was a busy week. That's three, you know, quite big films to get released in a, in a week, yes. really. Um, but we, we, I think we both fancied all all of them there for different reasons. Um, Molly's Game, Sorkin's directorial debut is always going to be interesting. Uh, Hostiles just looked like a really solid film. Yeah. And all the money in the world, it's a new Ridley Scott movie. Which we very rarely—I don't think we've ever missed one. I thought, think on the on the show um, since we started. And uh, not only that, it, it, there, there's interesting stuff outside of the film that you were kind of wanting to see with the the whole um, Christopher Plummer um, aspect of, of that, which is which you know is interesting. And I'm sure we'll get to that while we're, we're talking about that movie. Mm. Um, Ian, do we do we have to talk about the Golden Globes? No. Thank fuck. Moving, just no, no, moving on. Moving on. Uh, yes, brilliant. Um, is there anything else that's happened in movie news um, this 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 week? I don't think there has, is there? No, has I, there? I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. No, I don't seem to recall anything. It's been close for Christmas, hasn't it? I think. And yeah. I don't think everyone's quite got into what is it. I think the the Golden Globes were were are they earlier this year. They fell earlier this year. It it did like literally within a week of New Year's was weird. Because the Oscar mm. nominations don't come out for a couple weeks yet. Yeah, I, I think it's like two uh, two weeks tomorrow they come out. So... It's been a very it's been a very subdued awards season so far. There's there's very little buzz around it all. Everyone just seems to be it seems to be a bit of a year where they just want to just do you know what? Let's just get all this bullshit over and done with because Hollywood's Hollywood's not had a good year um, in terms of for Hollywood. Films, I I think, have had a good year. Hollywood's maybe not. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like everything is completely swept up with things that have absolutely nothing to do with films. Um, It's a little bit like office politics infecting the the Christmas party. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a very very strong way of putting it. I like that. Um, Yeah, so, you know, I think we just kind of need to get this season out of the way. I mean, I, I like the fact... I'm sure we'll we'll have Brad on over the next month or so yeah. to discuss, but I like that it's a very very open season. Um, you know, there's there's definitely not a front runner like you'd think Dunkirk would have been, but that's kind of done nothing so far aside from nominations. So you know, there's a bunch of stuff, but we've you know we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, man. Let's let's crack on. Let's go. Um, trailers. Any, anything much new that you've seen, or is it? It's, it's been again a bit of a slow season for trailers. I, I watched that fucking trailer for the remake of Overboard. 
It's like, what the shit is that? Holy shit, there's a remake of Overball. Yes, Anna Faris and some guy. I, I don't know who he is, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised you, you weren't aware of that. Um, I, 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 I wasn't aware of that, but um, holy fuck, there is a, what is it, of Overball. Anna Faris, John Hanna's in it. Of course, Eva Longoria's in it. Uh, Susie Kuntz. Oh, right, this is a, Wow. Is that a two directors? Wouldn't surprise me. Fucking hell. Yeah, no, it's um, I, I, it looks fucking awful. But you know, are, are we particularly shocked by that? No, no. no. Um, um Mamma Mia, here we go again. Why did you do that? <laughs> well, I actually I haven't seen Mamma Mia. I don't know. I don't know actually. But Cher is like. I don't know what she is actually. Whether, like, I think she's supposed to be Amanda Seyfried's grandma, so Meryl Streep's mum, maybe. But I might be remembering that wrong. It's been a few weeks. Um, <laughs> but fuck, man, like, Abba's not bad. Like, no, I, do you know what? I, I, Abba, Abba are one of those things where I think if if you say, "Ugh, I don't like Abba" or anything like that, it's a bit like, do you know what? Stop fucking lying. Stop trying to be cool. It just makes you look like a dick. Yeah, there you go. So, Abba are fun. They're, they're a fun band. Yeah, do I own any Abba records? No. Will I ever buy an Abba record? No. Will I ever put Abba on? No. If it comes on at a fucking wedding and I'm a little bit pissed, will I dance to it? Fuck yeah. There you go. You know, so yes, that, that, that's exactly it. So I would not be adverse to it should the mood take me. If, if I mean, if Don wanted to see it, I'd, I'd happily go along with her. So, you know, there you go. Um yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that that was about it for me, actually. Uh, oh, no, Sicario 2. Yes, Sicario 2. It, that's it's interesting, is that one? It really is. Cause it's, 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 you know, it's part of a, what will be the second part of a trilogy for them. Um, it's different director, but same writer. And it, it seems a lot more... It seems a lot more straight out action it, thriller. It, it than... does look more generic. I'll, I'll... It does look more generic. Yeah, yeah it's. Um, whereas I think the the first one was like a pseudo political thriller. This seems a little bit more like a straight up action thriller. Yeah, I mean, just I I don't know. I, were were Josh Brolin and Benicio del Toro's characters really so interesting that we have to have a film that fo focuses on that? I mean, I suppose to an extent, Benicio del Toro kind of gets there. I'd be, to be honest, I would have been more interested in a prequel in their in their kind of like their prior relationship. Mm. Um, you know, but I, 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 I'll, I, of course, I'll watch it. I, I am interested. It's just, it kind of felt like the whole, well. The whole point of Sicario was basically Emily Blunt finding out that she was kind of out of her depth, which yeah. is a really, that's actually a really, in this in this particular day and age in which we find ourselves, it's kind of fascinating that that film did that and didn't get shit. Like, God knows, if that came out last year, wow. I think, I think it was because it, she was badass in it. It's just, she was dealing in a world that, that she that she, that she didn't understand. Mm. I think it, that, that was I think it was that was more it. I think it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't playing her and saying she's 
I think the way it got away with it, and I, Emily Blunt, um, I saw her explain it and saying she's not, she's not out of a depth or she's not able to cope with it because she's a woman. It's just because it's it's well above her her pay grade and her her moral compass won't shift that way around to the other fucking side to allow her to do these things. And I thought, and that's we said that's that's what attracted me to it was, it's not a it's a fallible woman that isn't fallible because she's a woman. Okay, yeah, that, yeah. Because to be fair, apart from the John, and that is it, John Burnfall. Yeah, yeah. Apart from that attack, it could have just been a man out out of their depth as much as as a woman. Yeah, no, fair fair comment. Yeah, no, absolutely. I yeah. I who's directing this one? It is uh, the Italian director who did all the um, Gamora, Gamora yeah. Um, yeah. stuff. Yeah, okay. uh, Stefano uh, Solomia. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. That is, yeah. We'll see. You know, we'll it, see. It, it, it's one of those, yeah. It's, it, is a trailer as good as the first Sicario trailer? No, do I expect this to be as good as Sicario? Probably not, but then again, it's not directed by Dennis Villeneuve. So it's probably not going to be. But do I think it it has the potential to be a solid action thriller? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's just there's something about the whole setup and the trailer that kind of makes me feel like if this was made in a couple years time, this might be a Netflix original. You know, Mm. like it's it's a bit of one where you go. It's a cow. You need a sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that that's it. And you know, fair fair enough, but. Is Sicario really in the pop culture a film where pe- people like particularly hold it up? I mean, I, I think film Twitter does, but yeah, I, I, does I, I the would, rest of the world? It wouldn't surprise me if they've looked at it and gone, right, if the first one does well, you've got the next two. And this isn't about this one. It's about the next two. And they've almost budgeted for both of them, and gone, right, we can make this, because it's a little bit lower budget than Sicario as well. Yeah. Um, and gone, we can make this, and this is, and it's it's going to be part of a three-film arc, not a two-film arc. So this is kind of like the, it's, it's the tricky number two, and then the number three is the one where they're going, right, this is the fucking biggie. Interesting. Yeah. All right, we'll see. Comes out in the summer. Yep. Um, so I think it is another trailer that I've watched. I'm not sure because I just don't think there's been that much out, really. That, that, that was it. Uh, yeah, what, what was strange is um, getting trailers for all the money in the world um, in front of both Molly's Game and Hostiles saying, coming soon. When the like, fuck? Hang on. But when did you see those? Uh, Molly's Game and Hostiles yesterday. Yeah, that was wrong. Yep. They, they haven't updated. What I bet Molly's game this would make sense. Hostiles not so much. It's like almost like they built the trailer package um, for Molly's game the previous week, where, where all the money in the world was coming out the following Friday, and then didn't remove it from the trailer package that Friday. Yep. Um But Hostiles that makes no sense. That's that's bizarre. Also, the, the, the downsizing trailer they seem to be playing in cinemas is literally a TV spot. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's weird yeah that's yes that's really weird i 
God, that film, it, it just feels like a damp fart. It does. It, it feels. It feels literally like they've got halfway through the marketing and everything like that, and gone. Oh fuck! Do we have to? Yeah. Do we have to even release it? Would anyone notice if we didn't? Yeah. Just out of curiosity, would anyone notice if we didn't? Oh, Matt Damon was. It's like, yeah, but let's be honest. Matt Damon's not exactly somebody we want to be associated with right now. I mean, he's. It would appear like he's not done anything wrong. But he's damned. He's trying his damnedest to associate himself yeah. with people who have. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, like it just Paramount had a fucking rough 20, uh, 2017, man, and like sinking seventy million into an Alexander Payne film, like that's fucking suicide. Like, and I yeah. mean, it, it made like eighteen million in the US. So I'm surprised it made that much. Yeah, I, Do you know I, what? It, it might be. It might be quite good, but it, it's just it's a. It's kind of like a, a cure. It, it, it's a cure. That's it. There's nothing more yeah. than that to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's like it has to be really, really, really good for it to be a seventy million dollar Alexander Payne film. And it, it apparently, like, it just seems to be kind of like think it's all right or think it's dog shit. No yeah. one seems to be really batting for that film. And um, you know, I mean. I, depending on what else is out that week, we may review it. Um, yeah. But I'll be honest, if I've only got the time to go to the cinema once that week and there's something else, I'll happily go and see that something else. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just not fussed by it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what else is out that week, actually, because I really am not that bothered by it either. <laughs> um, right, I'm just like, I'm hoping there's some fucking shitty stupid action film we can go and see instead um when's it out downsizing well there's a there's a fucking cineworld un, uh, unlimited screening on wednesday so it's got to be within the next couple of weeks um downsizing out the 24th of jan yeah oh it's a wednesday is it oh it's sh- two hours 15 minutes long yeah that's yeah no um oh uh, we've got the new Ardman. um oh we got last flag flying um the fucking semi-sequel to um, Last Detail. And that 12 strong, the Chris Hemsworth and Michael Shannon army film, which I will watch. I'm actually, you know, that's a good cast for that material. Yeah. So I I would actually rather watch 12 strong than downsizing. I'll say that for, for free. I uh, yeah I I will be well within that yeah sorry. just because just because twelve strong, it's a really good cast but it looks like shit, but that cast can't they they that cast collectively don't make that many bad decisions yeah yeah exactly so there's got to be something more there do you know what it looks like it looks like the um only the brave that we watched the um, firefighter one. Firefighter one, yeah. yeah, yeah Where well, you look at it going, that looks that that looks like it should be crap, but that cast together must see something in it. Yeah, that was a film we reviewed, wasn't it? That wasn't yep. even that long ago. Nope. Fuck, that disappeared from my. I quite like that. I yeah, I thought it was I I, I, I thought it was perfectly fine. Yeah. I I, I I actually really quite enjoyed it. It's not going to trouble my top ten or anything like that, no, but it was a good watch. Yeah, yeah. That was that must have been a quiet week. Yeah, it was. <laughs> anyway. Right, um, 
Shall we go Molly's game? Because you watched it the longest ago. Sure, man. Yeah, before, like, literally, I was in the cinema about a week ago today, like, right now, watching it. So, yep. yeah. Well, it's the um, directorial debut from Aaron Sorkin. Um, he also did write uh, the script for it. Uh, it's based on the book Molly's Game from Hollywood's Elite to Wall Street's Billionaire Boys Club, my high stakes adventure in the world of underground poker. That's a fucking long title, that is. That's a really long title for a book. <laughs> um, so, yes, the, the film is a story and a true story of Molly uh, Bloom, uh, who is a exceptional young woman. Can we say that? Are you still there, Ian? Yes. Sorry, yep. I had I had my mic muted. I was eating curry. I'm trying to be more professional. Sorry. No problem. And um, so yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, she, she's an exceptional young woman uh, who finds herself unable to perform uh, the career that she had set out for herself, where she was going to be a Olympian uh, in um, downhill freestyle skiing. I think it is. Um, from my memory of it and I only watched a couple of days ago uh, so she takes a year out and ends up running a high stakes poker game in Los Angeles for very wealthy people including movie stars and business tycoons and things move on from there the film is about her essentially being tried for um, taking a rake out of the game, so it's tax evasion and also involved in a RICO case with the Russian mob for money laundering. Um, it's one of those two kind of uh, two kind of um, false to be true kind of stories that actually happened. Um, stars Jessica Chastain, Idris Elba, Kevin Costner's there, Michael Sarah is there, Chris O'Dowd, and a, a lot of kind of character actors um, are in there. Yes, there is. It, 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 Sorkin picks up a lot of character actors on the on the way there. Um, Ian, what did you think of Molly's game? Yeah, um, it's kind of unsurprising, really, that I enjoyed this. Um, Social Network is still my film of the decade, and we've only got a couple of years left. So, um, and uh, you know, Moneyball was fantastic. I, I, I'm a big fan of Aaron Sorkin, despite the fact that I've barely seen any of his TV work. Um, I'd say on that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, came to this uh, pretty pumped. I, I, I wasn't let down uh, for the most part. Um, I was listening to an interview with him the other day where he was saying that like he had no thoughts about directing this and basically the producers asked him to. But he was glad he did because... Um, he was worried that another filmmaker would focus more on kind of like the stuff in the first half of the film as opposed to the second, the, the like the Hollywood stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the thing. I think that's the thing that kind of gets you into the film is the glitzy, glamorous kind of stuff. Um, but then, you know, but then it does turn. Now I was in from the first sequence, to be honest, the, um, the kind of the fast talking. Yeah. Here's how I fucked up my winter olympics career um was brilliant and i was really tense and all it was really was a load of dialogue um but the the images the sound as well um i i thought was actually really effective in this film like they they did some really good sound work overall um and yeah i was just i was in and i was in for the whole thing um you know i i think that maybe it does go the dialogue and the patter does go a little bit too quickly 
at times. Um, and I wonder if maybe a, a, a more seasoned director modulating Sorkin's word maybe paces that stuff out a, a little better. Um, you know, I mean, like even when Elba and Chastain are having a relatively friendly conversation, it feels like it's mile a minute. Um, yeah. And it, it, it does become a little mentally tiring. Um, I also thought that the, the section where they're trying to explain poker and trying to explain the hands also goes quite quickly as well. And to be honest, in a way, I'm glad that went quickly because I'm not that interested in that stuff. I'm more interested in the character stuff. Um, but at the same time, I didn't really know what the fuck she was talking about. Um, so I think there are first-time director missteps. Um, but I had a very, very good time with it. I think Chastain is fantastic. Um and Elba gets, like, one scene that I thought would be getting in more, like, Best Supporting Actor notice, but apparently not. Mm. It is a strong year this year for Best Supporting Actor, mind. Um, you, you, your supporting, I think, is always is always stronger than, than leading, I think. Yeah, I mean, you've got, um, this year, I mean, Richard Jenkins for um, Shape of Water is apparently strong. Michael Stuhlbarg for um, Call Me By Your Name. Um, fuck, there are others, but they are... Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Um, yeah, no, 100%, yeah. Um, fuck, there was, a, uh, there was another one in my... But it, it, that's the thing. So, I mean, already it's three out of five there. Um, yeah. Army Hammer for Call Me By Your Name as well, actually. Um, so, yeah. Um, I had a really good time with it. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next directorially. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next from a writer point of view more but if he just decides to write and direct from here on in, then that's cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought it was, like you said, there are a few um, directorial mistakes. I, I actually think the, um, the making the poker, explaining the poker, but it going that quick that you just, unless you understand poker, you, you won't get it. I don't understand poker. And I was the same as you. I didn't get it. Mm. I think that was intentional because yeah, it, it was, was, because, it's just after uh, Molly has said to Idris Elba, saying when she's reading the law book, saying this is wrong. It says in this 1955 case of, of, of what is it? It says that um, gambling is a game of chance. Poker isn't a game of chance; it's a game of skill. And then we have that scene where you're going like that, and you're watching it going, "I don't understand that." Now that's like if I was to sit down with somebody who who has no basic understanding of football and was to explain the offside rule, but as quick as I am talking right now. Um, and the other point, um, I remember when Sorkin was talking, I remember seeing an interview him talking about um, the social network. Mm. Um, and it was on Radio 5, but it wasn't Kermode, it was somebody else. No, it, wasn't, it was on, it was on um, Radio 1. Uh, and he was talking to them and talking about uh, the writing process of it, and how essentially his his key, the key thing that he that he used uh, was watching Rashomon, was like his influence for how he how he wrote it, in saying that it's not, I'm not telling you the story of what happened. What I'm doing is telling you the story about what these people said happened, mm. and that's that's what you get. It's storytelling. Um, and he said about and they commented on the the opening scene of Social Network, and it said that 
it does say about that, like the fact that it's you know it's man a minute and that's part of your um it's, a, it's part of your the way that you write everything like that it, it, it's so quick and so like I said you'll often find that people who are arrogantly intelligent will talk quicker than they think the person they're talking to can understand to assert a dominance he said and that's what um What's oh, it? That's um, what Eisenberg's doing with Marla at the start. Uh, yeah. Fuck, yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's, and, and, and that, when mm. I started watching Molly's game, when she's doing that, I, I straight away thought, that it, it, there's that again. He's clearly said that to Jessica Chastain. And Jessica Chastain, who I think is a fantastic actress, is great to play this role because she can play a level of arrogance to a T. She's a very confident and a very smart woman, and so she she can straight away put that across. And I thought it was it was a very it's a very solid performance. But it's it, I was kind of like watching it, going, "This is exactly as good as I expected this to be," because Jessica Chastain is a very good actress. Yeah, I mean, she is literally the only realistic lead you could see for this film in Hollywood today. Yeah, you know, I mean, like. Jennifer Lawrence, Emma Stone, no way. No, there's not. Emma Stone, there's too much. There's too much um, indie girl next door with her, mm -hmm. and Jennifer Lawrence. It just there's too much baby face with it. it it's just as just she feels right for this. I also think it's the best thing I've seen Idris Elba, best performance I've seen from Idris Elba in years. Yeah. That was a different American accent. That was a different American <laughs> Idris Elba accent. Yeah. And it worked really well. And the fact that he's not, he's not um, machismo incarnate for a change, which often Idris Elba can be. Yeah. He can be that. He's not. He's kind of taking a back step from it. He's, he's almost seceding to it in saying, look, you, I, I'm defending you, but I'm not, almost saying, look, you're, you're pretty fucking smart and I'm not going to try and take you on, but I am going to advise you, and, but I am willing to fucking walk away yeah, yeah. from this. I also thought, and I never thought I'd say this, Michael Sarah was good in it. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have much to do in all fairness, but... No, he, he, but if you want somebody who can do a shitty in fucking dickhead yeah. grin, yeah, yeah. Michael Sarah can yeah. do it like a fucking pro. Fair point. Um, so yeah, it's not, but it's... I think, for someone like me and, and yourself the same, um, it's kind of... It, there was This film was going to have to go a long way to not kind of... for us, us both to not enjoy it. Mm -hmm. It's a... It's a fun kind of romp that that goes through, and it's it's got a lot of um, sarcasm there. I think it's there's a confidence towards the direction of it. It doesn't feel like the, the, the it doesn't feel like a first director film. But then again, you don't get many first film directors from guys who have been around as long as Sarkin has, right. uh, and that are in what what is he in his fifties? Think so, yeah. Uh, Fifty six, yes. He's in his mid. He's in his mid. Um, 50s and also as well i think it's interesting of the fact that he doesn't really touch that much on the fact that because it's it spread over and the the, the 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 plot is over a number of years mm. um and it, it kind of it picks out certain events so it's not showing you this is year one this is what happened in year two it's basically going look for a lot of the time these were just like just just games of poker not yeah. a lot really happened yeah we're gonna pick out the certain um certain bits 
um, from from within it. So that's that's kind of quite interesting within that. Um, but as well, it, it doesn't it doesn't delve too much into the more sinister part of her life. Like it never, never looks to see, it never looks at her love life at all. The film doesn't give a shit about that. Very refreshing. Very refreshing. refreshing, Yeah. And it also doesn't give a shit about her drug addiction, which I think is, is interesting for Sorkin and might've been something that dragged Sorkin through it with Sorkin having had his problems. Was there? Um, and I thought that was quite interesting. It's more telling the story about how this woman managed to go get to the level she got to through just being smart. And that's it. And it's all these guys come up against her and are kind of thrown down by the fact that she is just very, very smart. And she knows it. You know, the the first thing she fucking does in the movie is tell you how smart she is. Yeah. And how brilliant she is, and how committed she is, and how driven she is. At the end of the day, I get the feeling that Molly Bloom isn't a nice person. She's probably an, un- an unpleasant person, but that that's that's part of her her talent is the fact that she's an unpleasant person. But she can masquerade as being quite a pleasant person. Well, I don't know. I mean, like she seems she seems to have quite the moral code. Um... She has she has she has a moral code. Um, to an extent. Well, I mean, the, the whole thing towards the end is, um, you know, if if this was actually going to help bring someone down in any way, then yeah, you can you can have my hard drives, you can have the names, and the fact that they're like, look, we can take them from you anyway. I, you know, I think that, I mean, Christ, that is that is impressive mm. that. I mean, genuinely impressive that she still went with that course, you know. And it, so, I mean, like, do you do you not think that like it was all just because she's got a moral code? I think it's there's a moral code and there's a moral code. It's she knew she was doing something illegal just because she played around in the grey areas of the law doesn't mean to say that that um, the other point of. Um, that she's making where she's saying, you know, I didn't know, you know, that these, that these guys were connected to the mob is a little bit like, you can't prove I knew. Hmm. I think it's more of that than I outright didn't know. And it's the, you know, the fact that she admits and says, look, I didn't check as much because I was too fucked up. I was too fucking high to care. It's like, Right, I do think at points a, a, a man in the movie gives is it tries to play her as being too in the right. She still was kind of she's not. There's a moral compass. It's like she won't quite go that far. It's like you've probably ruined a few lives, <laughs> you know. And these guys who are sat on your table that you're hosting, you're enabling to do this. They're not, a lot of them weren't good guys. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, it's the, 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 what is it? You know, you know all these secrets, you know all this. Could you then say that she's maybe slightly complicit in that then? Yeah. Well, I, there's, I, there's a moral I, compass I, saying, you know, 
oh, I, I don't want those to get out there because it'll get out and it'll ruin families and everything like that. It's like, okay, but so does gambling. <laughs> you know, you, okay. you can yeah, you yeah. can put yourself on That's and fair. say and say all I've got is my name. It's like, what do you think that you've got a good name? Well, she's got her name in that community, but then, like, she's never going to be able to work in that town again, basically. There's a difference between reputation and ego. I think think what Molly Bloom has is an unbelievably big ego, which is not a problem. You know, a lot of very, very successful people have massive egos, and I have no doubt that Molly Bloom, in whatever she's doing now, is probably incredibly successful. But that doesn't mean to say that she didn't have to probably fuck over a lot of people to get there. It's There's nothing wrong with watching um, films where, where even unpleasant people can be fun. Well, that's true. You know, it, that, that, there's, there's that, you know. Not everybody is unpleasant all of the time. You know, same thing as um, it's a very similar story in a lot of ways to something like the social network. Is is Mark Zuckerberg a bad person? No, he's not. He's clearly not. You know, but has he done some shitty things to get where he is? Probably, yeah. Hmm. You know, I'm sure it's is a saying. You know, nobody gets to be that wealthy and that successful without fucking a lot of people over yeah well that's true that's true no okay fair enough yeah maybe that's why i don't know the ending does ring a little hollow like because i i finished the film and it was like you know that was very good but it didn't quite i don't know it didn't quite have the thing that would make me say five out of five you know and i think it's i wonder if the film really has much of a lasting impact um, you know, I mean, like the message you'd think again in this particular year really would, mm. but there's just something about it. And maybe it is that the fact that in the end of the day, she was up to some shady shit, whether it was illegal or not, maybe that's what it is, but it just, it doesn't quite, or maybe it's just the fact that basically in the third act, Kevin Costner comes in and it's like, okay, a conversation with daddy and like, certain things are resolved which is i don't know maybe not the way you want to go with strong fierce independent woman is five minute conversation with father where she realizes that he wasn't all that bad after all i i do like the fact that that kevin costa basically sits down and goes look i'm a prick and you know i'm a prick and i know i'm a prick but I'm a successful prick, so fuck you. And I'm still your dad. So there you go. Mm. And I, I, I did like, I thought their interaction with, with, uh, uh, and that scene was, was fantastic. And then the fact that he basically, he does sort of say, you know, I'm going to find the guy and I'm going to kill him. And she's like, and she sees it as like a joke. He's like, no, really, I'm going to find the guy and I'm going to kill him. And it's, there's, there's that, it, 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 it's, I think it's the first time she sees him again as her dad. She's, he's not been there throughout it, and he's come back, and it's the realisation that he, he still does give a shit. And, you know, I think there's a, there's a certain thing for that that 
every fucking child always craves the fucking um, the validation, I think, or the um, an importance to their parents. Uh, that that that's just it's a natural occurrence. It doesn't ever really go away um, from from that. And I think that was was it for for her. I, it, it's a, I think what it is, it's a really good movie. It's a really solid movie with a really good script that looks really fucking nice, that's got really good performances, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll happily watch it again. Does it have a strong message? Does it have a lasting imprint? Probably not. I think its lasting imprint is that it's a really good film. Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Which is absolutely fine, isn't it, really? Like, you know. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah. that, that that's it, and I I I I, I enjoyed it. Um, the fucking scene where that guy is beating the shit out of us, brutal. Yeah, like when he puts a, that gun in her mouth, like you do get the full on. This feels very rapey. Yeah, sense like that was that was full tilt. That I didn't know that was coming, and yeah, yeah, and it, it was. I, I I thought it was a like you say I. I'd like for Sorkin's stuff to be in the hands of other people occasionally, but I'd also like him to make another movie as well. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. Yeah, because it was, it was interesting. His direction was interesting. Like you said, the, the opening sort of gambit where she basically says, after it, and says, none of this has anything to do with what I'm about to do, but I just wanted to fucking tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that fucking opening. It's, it's the thing that I really remember from the film. Um, is is that opening? It just it was the best. This film, yeah, go on, sorry. It, it's just to say, like it was the best mix of image telling the story, sounds telling the story, and dialogue telling the story that I think they they hit for the entire film. Yeah. Also, as well, this film, I did at one point think, why didn't they just call this film spreadsheets? <laughs> I, I, I would, I would have been, I would have been fucking on board with this film if it had just been cut. It wouldn't have, it would not have got anywhere near as many people in the cinema. But when she says to that guy, he goes, "Oi, hey, are you keeping enough of all, of all the uh, buy-ins?" And she just goes, "Yeah." He went, "Well, where's all your paper?" And she just points at a computer and goes, "Spreadsheet." Smash <laughs> that, fucking hell! This, I'd, I'd have been arguing, can we just fucking call this movie spreadsheet? I know it'll make no money, but can we call it fucking spreadsheet? Nice. Yeah, um, it's a definite not shit for me. Yeah, it, it, it might even top my top ten for the year. To be Fair honest, I, I I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, it it, uh, it, it won't mind, but I I'm not I'm not disappointed. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's it I, I, I it's fucking catnip to me. This type of movie, to be mm-hmm. fair. Um, our audience um, ideas for it were Molly's game definitely not shit seventy five percent. Touching cloth thirteen percent. Uh, and Geostorm, 12%. Wow, really? Yeah. Someone described it as a Geostorm. Dan. Yeah, fucking, fucking right. Sorry, <laughs> Dan. So, uh, next, do you want to go in for all the money or hostiles? What are you thinking? Where, where are you leaning towards? I'm going to go for a beer, but yep. um, a, a dealer's choice, mate. You, you pick. I'm all right. Right, I'm going to go all the money in the world. Cool. Okay, I'll be back in a sec. Ready to go? Yep. 
All the Money in the World uh, is a film directed by Ridley Scott. It doesn't star Kevin Spacey. Uh, it does, however, star Michelle Williams, Christopher Plummer, uh, and Mark Wahlberg. It probably stars his body in a couple of shots. Possibly, yes. Uh, it is the story of the um, the kidnapping of um, John Paul Getty uh, the third, who is of course the grandson of John Paul Getty and the son of John Paul Getty the second. Uh, and it was the kidnapping whereby he was kidnapped in Rome, in Italy, in the early 70s. He, the ransom was $17 million, uh, and John Paul Getty refused to pay it, despite, at the time, being the richest man in the world and a self-proclaimed the richest man that had ever existed. And he still wouldn't uh, spend out the $17 million. Uh, the film is basically an adaptation of, of, of what kind of happened in the events of getting John uh, Paul Getty the second back, uh, the third straight back, uh, and how the whole bits moved around. Um, Ian... What were your thoughts on all the money in the world? Uh, first of all, though, do you think it was right to replace Kevin Spacey? Um, not right. That, that's the wrong question. Do you think it made sense to? Well, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, he's poison now. Yeah. Um, like, I'm kind of surprised that Baby Driver hasn't been having more people going about it, but it's Edgar Wright, so, you know... Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, personally, I think it's right because I think Christopher Plummer is perfect in this, uh, even yeah. more so for the fact that he had to do it all so quickly. Um, it feels fully lived in, fully realised. Um, I don't think, I, 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 from performance wise, you don't see the joins at all. Mm. Um I, I, he's a fascinating character um, yeah. and he's in it a lot, you know, mm. like more. It was interesting because I swear the marketing originally said and Kevin Spacey as JP Getty. Yeah, it did. In the film, he is second build and Mark Wahlberg gets the and. Um, and in a way, I think that's appropriate. Um, well, the, the weird thing is, even in trailers, though, in the new trailers for it, because I saw it before, Hostiles and Molly's Game, uh, it did the same thing and uh, said, um, and Christopher Plummer as John Paul Getty. You, you have to wonder if maybe just like as a kind of a thank you, they just said to Mark Wahlberg, like, would you mind taking the and and letting Plummer be second build in this? And it, it, like Wahlberg was probably like, yeah, fine. Uh, yeah, but Wal Wahlberg fucking probably loves an and. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It kind of pays attention to him. But I think the fact that he's second, I, like, I think that order is deserved. You know, I mean, Michelle Williams is kind of the beating heart of the film. Um, mm. And you've got Christopher Plummer as this just fucking crotchety old man who, I, to be honest, I thought he spoke a lot of sense at points. Um, you know, like, I've got however many grandkids. I pay 17 million for one. They're all going to be kidnapped. Yeah. The thing is there. The thing is there. <laughs> yeah. Seventeen times fourteen grandkids, right? Is two hundred thirty-eight million. 
for a man who was who was who was worth billions. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just how many, how many times could it happen, and would they be asking for more in the future and stuff like that? You know, it it just maybe I'm sounding like a monster here, but I can I um I'm kind of thinking, yeah, right. Then he doesn't do nothing. He hires Mark well, he, Mark Wahlberg's on his payroll anyway, but he he gets him to basically try and find them without having to pay anything you know yeah and in the end i mean like government stances are we don't negotiate with terrorists and yeah it, it, it you know so there you go i mean to be honest i think the trailer kind of painted him as a worse figure there now what i think is interesting is the stuff later on in the film where you know they the whole kind of like the custody thing and she says like nothing i just want full custody you kind of forget about that and yeah. then it, it, and, and he, he's like, what, what's her game? And then it comes up later in the most brutal of ways. And then it is just like, you are a fucking asshole. But yeah. like, not, not because of the money thing, just personally, just, can you not understand that not everybody in the world has finance like finance as their overriding agenda i i i I, it's i i i just thought he was fucking fascinating and the the criticism i have of the film is that i think it gets stuck in the weeds of you know roman juris and um uh, Chris Plummer's relation, like relationship, that the kind of the weird thing where Roman Jury seems to like him, but Chris Plummer doesn't seem to like him at all. And yeah. you know, it, it's I didn't get, I didn't really get that relationship. Um, and you know, the third act, it, like well, the finale, sorry, it kind of focuses much less on Plummer and more like that whole kind of like the like little chase around that Italian town. Could have done yeah. without that. It didn't need to be that long, no. Yeah, I I could I just could have done without it. You know, I mean, it's like I'm sure that was actually inspired by true events, but it feels like ten minutes in a two and a quarter hour film that could have been taken out. That was, but I I I not sure. Um, Jean Paul Getty um, died. I'm sure he fucking didn't die at that same time. That I don't think. That, I, I think he died. I think he died a few years later. Yeah, yeah, that that. That yeah, because that felt no, fuck off. No, no way, no way. You know, it, 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 yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, what did you think of it, man? Sorry. Um, I thought it, I, I, it's weird. It really is weird. I, I enjoyed it overall. I think it's a little bit too long. Yeah. Um, you know, which one thing I would say about Molly's game? I thought that film was. I think this is two hours. Two hours thirteen. If I, I think it's 13. the exact same runtime as Hostiles. Yes, uh, and Molly's game was two hours twenty. I think wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Um, and I didn't think. Uh, yeah, two hours twenty. Molly's game. Um, and I, I thought Molly's game wore its length quite well, and we'll come on to to Hostiles um, soon. But I, I did feel a little bit like at points this could have done with hurrying the fuck up a little bit. I also the. The, the washed out color palette bothered me occasionally. On That's it. just fucking really Scott, man. Like it is, it, it, it is, but it, it's almost like it's a bit like 
this it doesn't need to be there. It, it, it made it feel a little bit, a little bit like, why? I mean, I, I, I liked the beginning where it kind of started black and white and then the colour kind of came in. Yeah. It. Um, but then there's, yeah, I agree. There's not that much colour. And I suppose it, it's the kind of like, almost like the sterile, or, or almost like, gri- like kind of green of a fucking like dollar bill or something. Um, it, I, it, I think it's all, I, I think it, it just felt a little bit like, all right, really washed out because what? Because it's in the 70s. Mm, really? I, 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 to be fair, I watched I watched like the first hour of Alien Covenant last night, and that is just graded to fuck as well. It just it's what he does. It is, yeah. And I, I thought that. I also felt it felt a little bit. They like said you, you you don't get the you don't get a feeling um, that plum has been added afterwards. Essentially, there's there's none of that. It it, it does work quite well. It, I think if you were if if you if, if it had never come out that Spacey had been doing it and like that and in a world where things could be kept secret, you'd never notice, I don't think. Uh, but it does feel a little bit rushed at places. This movie. It feels a little bit like a little bit like they're doing things a little bit too fucking quickly. Um and that kind of bothered me a little bit, uh, with it. And it's it kind of it wants to point fingers at people but not quite enough i i do get a feeling like we're i want to i want to know more of the story and you're not giving me it you're showing me too you're showing me enough to tell the story but not enough to make me care more about the story i don't give a shit about about his relationship with the the captor Yeah, no, I mean, that that stuff, it's it, it just because it's what the way it's played, like I say, it's like the captor seems to like him, but he doesn't really seem, it's not, it's not fucking Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, that's, that stuff's weird. And that, that stuff is the stuff that feels like it was hastily shot, not like Plummer being awesome. Yeah. And Plummer does feel, Plummer does feel, Probably feels more right for the role than uh, than Space ever would do because he's the right age for it. He's Scott's he's the right... first choice, was he? Yeah, no, no, like literally, he was Scott's first choice, and the studio said we want a, a more of a name, and so they went to Kevin Spacey. So you know, I think oh, it's yeah. it's probably one of the reasons why Scott was kind of more up for doing it because it was like, right, I can have the actor I actually want in the first place. Yeah, brilliant. Um, well, that, that 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 makes more sense actually, because uh, one thing Ridley Scott is, is very good at doing is, is, is casting. Mm. You know, and Ridley Scott's a very good director. That was an unfair thing to say. He's, he's just, I don't know. It felt, it felt a little bit. I mean, this is his second movie in a year. Mm. The guy fucking churns him out a little bit, and he, he seems very proud of the fact that he, that he he gets in, he gets his shit done. And it's a little bit like that's brilliant, that Ridley, and that's that's a that's a good thing to be proud of. You know, you, you're a you're a prolific filmmaker. You're also a filmmaker who does go back and tinker quite a lot, though. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. So maybe if you spent a little bit more time. I mean, to be fair, I I I I do agree. But Alien Covenant shot in 2016, and All the Money in the World shot in 2017. You know, I think it's the. It, but all the money in the world is a smaller film as well, so it, it just everything gets done quicker. I mean, it, it, you know, so it. I mean, yes, he's done because what has he done recently? He's done Exodus, The Martian, yeah, 
and then his next film after The Martian was Alien Covenant, yeah? Yeah. So that, that that's the thing. It's basically is kind of on a one-a-year kind of thing. But now he'll probably... I don't know what he's got next, but it'll probably be a, be a little bit, because I reckon it probably was going to be the next Alien film, and now it's not. So who knows what he's going to do next? But it, it just... Yeah. Oh, are we not getting another Alien movie now? Is that not... No, they, they, the Fox have put it on ice because Covenant didn't do very well. Um, or at least it didn't perform to expectations. Like, I, I, actually, to be fair, I think Covenant was actually a bit of a bomb. Uh, that's got my interest now. I'm going to see how much it did. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and the thing is, this hasn't done very well either. And I, I think it's fascinating that they actually still tried to release it at this time because it doesn't feel like an awards film. It feels no, it like a thriller. It, that's what it is. It's pitched as, 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 a, th- as a thriller. Um, I think, um, isn't Danny Boyle doing a TV series for... Is it... About JPK? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. About yeah. the kidnapping with... Ah, oh, fuck. Can't remember who it is. He's cast as, as, as JPK in it. Um, but, you know, but that's, that feels like more of an interesting sort of story. It's, it's good. Uh, I think Michelle Williams is, is very good in it. I think uh, Christopher Plummer's very good in it. Matt Wahlberg's very good in it. There are points when Matt Wahlberg's saying stuff and you, and then he looks off in the distance and you think, does he understand the words he's just said? <laughs> That's the point. Um, uh, by the it's, way, a- a- Alien Covenant, 240 worldwide off of a 97 budget. So it's probably made money then, it's, but just not as much but, money as they wanted to. Yeah, it's probably just about, like, so what? It's done about two and a half times its production budget. It's yeah. probably just about in the black, just. I think what's interesting about this movie is that Jean-Paul Gay is a fascinating character. Mm. And it's almost like this is a fascinating story in a very fascinating man's life. But I was more fascinated by the man than I was the story it was telling. Okay, that's a that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that was that was my 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 thing with it um, for that. But it's a it's a solid thriller. I really enjoyed my time with it. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed my time with it. Um, it was it had me gripped enough that I was I, I, I was going. The fact that I, I think you, you know. If you know any sort of the backstory of it, you're waiting for certain things to happen, mm. um, and so that was, was was a thing that maybe made it feel like it was dragging a little bit more for me, in that sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing. I didn't really know much about the story, so it kind of it kind of had my interest there. I've got to say as well, actually, um, one of my because I'm still counting this as a 2017 film. One of my yeah. favorite last scenes in a film this year or particularly the last bit of the last scene where it's Michelle Williams has finally kind of gotten rid of Getty looking at all those statues and what's there a big fucking bust of his head and just like the the cutting back between the head and her yeah you you think you're thinking is she gonna fucking knock it off (laughs) yeah yeah no yeah no exactly it just like I thought that was that was such a Fuck! I don't know. That was such a from the grave. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, it was. Uh, that was incredible. Like. Well, the, yeah. The thing is, I I got really interested in uh in, you know in um, JP Getty from you know when you, you you start to go down a bit of a rabbit hole sure. uh, with things where you'll start where you, you're in bed and you're laid there and you can't get to sleep uh, and you go you think and then something pops in your brain and you go huh 
<laughs> I want to go on Wikipedia and check that out. Yeah. I, I went down a fucking full fucking like three, four day rabbit hole uh, with JP Getty, whereby I was laid there in bed one night and I thought, I wonder what's the most expensive painting ever to be sold. Oh, fuck, go on. And that's that was it. And, and then I went on Wikipedia and I noticed that a lot of these paintings, like the most expensive paintings ever sold, were sold by the Getty family. And I was like, ha, huh, fucking Getty family. And then started going in. And then for like days, I remember sat there at work because when I had the fireplace shop and I had like a little bit of time like during the day, because it was like a February and it's dead. It was just dead for us in February. And I'm just looking and going, and I, I realised for like three days, all I've been doing was just researching the Getty fucking family and reading all of these things for like a good two, three hours a day. Uh, it was one of those where I thought, I have to stop doing this. I have to stop doing this, otherwise I'm going to end up with a fucking Getty family tree pinned to my fucking wall. Solid. No, I, 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 I bet it's fascinating, though. Like I, it, it is. It's one of those things where people, because I only sleep like four hours a night, and people will often say to me, but what do you do? And it's like, well, I don't get up and just kind of wander around. I, I still kind of have to lay in bed, otherwise it's, it's a bit fucking weird. Um, I, I, you know, I, the way I, I don't get tired of sleeping for like four hours a night it is, is by the fact that I I. I don't just go to bed half hour of sleep then get up. I, I, I lie in bed mostly for like sort of six, seven hours. Yeah. Uh, but for like two to three hours of that, I'm literally reading stuff. But I can't read a book or anything like that. It will just be crap. <laughs> it will be. I wonder what the biggest boat ever was. Well, it's this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's this fucking tiger. Fucking hell, that's massive. Um, I wonder what the worst place ever to have lived in was. Oh, it's Kaloon Walled City. Oh, well, that's fucking interesting. You must be a king at pop, uh, pub quizzes. It, it, yeah, it is. It, if you want fucking that's just funny. bullshit information, I, I, I can do that. <laughs> like a motherfucker. Very good. I like that. Yeah, so, so that was that was it. That was how I got into the, 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 the Getty thing. And I remember reading about that and going, fucking hell, what a prick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, 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 it's it's a really enjoyable movie. And it, it's, it's one of those things where I'm looking at going, Ridley Scott, for me, has made a few five out of five movies. But he now seems to be going, I, I, I'm not that interested in making five out of five movies. I'm just interested in making movies that interest me. And so he fucking should, man. Why not? The guy, Christ, the guy, he's old. Yeah, he is, and it's he's doing the opposite of what a lot of older filmmakers will do. Whereby you know you have a lot of filmmakers who say, "I, I, I want to go out before it, the, you know the fucking well runs dry for me before mm. that creative well runs dry." He said the opposite. He's gone. I'm in my late seventies, eighties now, and um, I've only got so long left to go. And I want to keep working. It's fine. You know, the guy could get to 85 and we could get another six movies out of him. The guy could get to 90 and we might get another 10 movies out of him. And it's, quite, it's quite a thing, man. It's like I mean, it's like Scorsese, isn't it? It's just, yeah. just fucking keel over on set. He'd yeah. probably and be happiest. He, would, he probably would be, yeah. And, and the thing is, is that a bad thing? The thing is, that's the thing. There's films that, there's really Scott movies that I don't particularly get on with or I don't particularly like or i don't think are as good as people would say they are but i don't think i can pick out a movie where i look at it and go that's a bad movie 
I don't think Alien Covenant's that great. I don't think Prometheus is that great. But there's Prometheus there's is enough... a bad movie, Mark. Yeah, Come it's, on. We've it's, had it's, that it's a bad movie. It's a bad movie, but that doesn't stop it from being an interesting movie. Yeah, I mean, fuck the world building in that film is fucking incredible. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah so there is that. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not shit as well. Long way you continue. It's Absolutely, really interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad, because I don't think Plummer's going to get an Oscar nomination. I'm glad he got that fucking Golden Globe no- nomination because the Golden Globes are fucking bobbins. But at least he yeah. got, at least he got some sort of fucking hell. That's really impressive. Yeah, and it is because he, because he is very, very good in it. Yeah. But then he's Christopher Plummer. He's very, very good in most things, is he? Um, yeah, uh, so audience, uh, definitely not shit, 20%. Okay. Touching Cloth, 60%. Mm. And Geostorm, 20%. Okay. Which I'm fine with. The fact that no one said it was shit was nice. I'm loving the fact that people are fucking using Geostorm. I am, I like that, yeah. Um, so, our third uh, feature film, uh, Hostiles, uh, written and directed by Scott Cooper, based on an original story by Donald E. Stewart. Uh, stars Christian Bale, uh, Rosemond Pike, uh, Wes Studi, um, Stephen Lang, Ben Foster, Jesse Plemons, uh, and Rory Cochran. Fucking uh, hell, that was Stephen Lang. Christ, that's who yep. that was. Yep. Fuck. Yeah, was it bugging the shit out of you while you're watching it? That, when I was watching it, but I forgot, because he's only in, like, the couple of scenes at the start, I forgot about him, but fuck, that was Stephen Lang. Yep. Sorry. That's all. But, um, so yeah, uh, ooh, right. Hostiles. What's it about? Um, Everything. The whole yeah. gamut of human emotion. Yes. Uh, so um, Christian Bale plays a uh, cavalry officer um, who has to escort um, where Studi's character, uh, known as Yellowhawk, and his family back to their native land is the best way to describe it isn't it in uh, in montana because um there's a political angle where they want him to go back there because they want him to die there rather than as a captive as a prisoner of war i suppose the best thing you could you could stay there uh, christian bale's character doesn't want to do this because essentially he's helping out the very people that he's there to um essentially to corral i think were the best way to say it um there's a great line within the movie where he says i have a war bag full of reasons to not do this <laughs> and it's it's a great line in the sense that it's him trying to say no he's basically so fuck you you've got to um uh, along the way they uh pick up uh rosemond pike's uh character who is she's living on a, on a farm with her husband and the guys were all spoilers all the time. In the opening bit of the film is Rosemond Pike and what happens to her and then we join her later on. Her entire family is um, ransacked by Comanches stealing her horses so her husband is killed and scalped. Her two younger daughters are um, shot dead and her baby is shot dead in her arms as she is fleeing. Um, yeah, and it basically is them trying to get from one place to another and all kinds of shit going on. Ian, hostiles. Oh, man, let's, let's, let's do you. Let's do you. This is, like, this is your wheelhouse, like, 100,000%. Yeah. Let's do you. Yeah, um, 
Hostiles is not the movie um, that the trailer gives you. I don't think. I think the trailer paints it more as a an almost an action western. I've got to say, I yep. didn't. I purposefully didn't see the trailer because by the time it was like, right, this is out. This is kind of coming out in the next couple of weeks. It was like I'd see the trailer on Facebook. It was like I'm think I'm just going to go in fresh. Good. I, I, I think that was a better way to do it. I, I was watching it going, I don't... And I, the good thing is, I did watch the trailer and think, I don't think that's the movie I'm going to see. My, my, there was a couple of people in my audience at the end who were very loudly not expecting that film. Yes. Um, what I will say is, I, I don't understand... And we spent, spoke about it earlier and said there's no, there's currently no. This movie's going to win everything. I don't understand how Hostiles isn't that movie mm. at the moment. Mm. Um, it is quite something. It is. It's. I I I I sat down with Becky after we watched it and said I'm going to use the dickish of dickish phrases to describe it, um, but it. it I think I'm gonna. I, I think I'm gonna have to say it. It is cinema. It is pure fucking cinema in the sense that it's shot. It's, it's big screen entertainment. That screen is filled. There isn't a. This is a. And we don't often say this, and especially I don't often say it. This is a two-hour, thirteen-minute movie. Every single minute of this movie is essential to this movie. The yep. it's the best use of score I've heard in a movie in a long time for creating atmosphere. Um, Bale is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Rosamund Pike is great. Um, Rory Cochran should be picking up a, a lot of um, at least nominations. I think you could argue awards. However, I do think Sam Rockwell is very, very oh, fucking was, good. Oh, if, fuck, was that his beardy best mate? Yeah. Shit, that was Rory Cochran. Yeah, he's really fucking good in this as yeah. just a a guy who is just fucking broken he's done. by everything. Yeah. He's, he, he, I love the fact that his character outright says, I'm done. I'm broken. And the fact that Christian Bale says, no, you're not. Whilst also, say, whilst also you can see in Bale's face him going, Yes, he is. Yeah, yes, yeah, he yeah. is broken, but I still, for even a broken version of him, I still need with me. Mm. Bale is, you get the feeling that Bale is now on the, he's he's on the threshold of being broken himself. Mm. And he needs, he needs these people that he can trust around him to keep him where he is. Um, it's, Whenever you think it's going to go somewhere, it doesn't go there. So when Rosamund Pike, you get her and she's fucking, she's foot, essentially. She's she's a broken person. The fact that she she snaps out of it very quickly and goes back to being a broken but rational and intelligent person. The fact is the film states very clearly at the beginning, this is a smart person. This isn't your ordinary farmhand wife. This is a smart woman. Look, she's teaching her fucking kids what an adverb is. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, it sets it out straight away. This woman is 
is it, it, she's broken because of what's happened to her and she snaps out of it that quickly and that's why she can snap out of it that quickly and then she becomes a more rational person and it, it's but yeah it is there is so much emotionally going on with this movie that it's it's quite uncomfortable to watch but you can't stop fucking watching uh yeah very much agreed um, what do you think yeah i mean i um real, i, I kind of went to this just a bit <sighs> scott cooper uh, yeah yeah i'd take him or leave him mainly leave him um it, you know, it, it hadn't been getting that much buzz. And to be fair, it basically, it didn't have a distributor in the US until like a couple months back. Mm. It was playing Toronto in September and it didn't have a distributor yet. So, um, yeah, and I, I'm puzzled as to why. Um, and I think it was basically the kind of the late rollout of it has stopped it from getting awards attention i think it's why molly's game isn't getting too much as well because yeah that thing just hasn't been getting seen like it was a christmas release in the u.s as well as hostiles um and all the money in the world it just and phantom fred uh i think and that it just kind of feels like that's too late for awards consideration unless your film is an absolute app like i don't know like incendiary zeitgeist catching major you know, and I think it's the zeitgeist catching thing. Otherwise, I, th- I think you, the Christmas is just too late. And I, I agree, man. Um, I, Hostiles is a fucking extraordinary film. Um, I didn't know Scott Cooper had it in him. Um, no, I, I, I didn't expect this. You know, from from what he's made be- before, I've always thought with his films, they should be they should be better. Yeah, they should be better than they were. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Um, but no, I mean, this, it's, as I say, I mean, like, it wasn't hyperbole earlier on. It seems to run the whole gamut of human emotion in the space of two and a quarter hours. Um, it's, you know, it's fear, it's hate, it's resentment, but it's also love and joy and forgiveness. Um, and, you know, forgiving others, forgiving yourself, you know, accepting the cards you've been dealt and trying to live your life. Um, the, the I mean, fuck, that last shot is as emotionally stirring a thing as I've seen this year. Yep. Uh, like, it, fucking extraordinary ending, that. Um, yep. and it, But it's played very simply. Mm. Yeah, it, it doesn't really feel like there's histrionics. And, you know, I don't think you do get that because Bale and Pike are not prone to histrionics in, in this role. Um in their roles even i it, but yeah i mean that it's it it's one of the most human films yeah i've that, seen yeah. in quite some time yeah and, and the fact is that it's you go on a journey and it, it, it essentially it it it's it's the western trope of of going on a journey and the journey will be fraught with perils and everything like that but it has no qualms about losing people no quite and, and but and it, 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 you know it kicks him off in you know jesse plemons character is just that's it he's well, down it, he's gone it makes me laugh that timothy chalamet is looking like quite the gary oldman competitor for best actor at the oscars this year and he's 
French lad who gets killed off in the first act, you know, right? Yep. You know, which to be fair, you know, if it wasn't for Call Me By Your Name's award record, like the kind of awards hotness, yeah, fair enough, you know. But instead, there he is, and he's good in his in his bits, you know. Um, and, and you know, Jesse Plemons is is cracking, you know. He's the He's the guy who's not broken yet, and he's just come from West Point. But I like the fact that he's from West Point. He doesn't have that much experience, but it's not the typical, oh, you're the fucking grad kid who doesn't really know anything, and we're going to bust your balls throughout the whole thing. It's like, no, you're you're well-educated. You know what you're doing. Come with us. Yeah, and that's it. And it's, you know, it's the right man for the job. Yeah. and then, you know, Ben Foster crops up and does what Ben Foster does. And I, just... it, that, that is a little bit what Ben Foster does. Yeah. But he, he, he does he does do that well. And I like that he is basically the dark mirror of Christian Bale. That's yeah. what his character is. And he he does it. You know, I, it's could there have been, a, been more inspired casting? Yeah, but it's effective. It's effective, and that's it. Ben Foster, Ben Foster himself, it just wants to be a character actor. Yeah, straight up. That's his thing, and he's made a very good career of being a character actor. I don't think he wants anything more than that. He doesn't. He never does promotional work for his movies. He wants to turn up on set, do his thing, and disappear. And that, that's it. Mm. You know, you, you never hear anything. You hardly ever hear anything about his personal life or anything like that. He just stares the fuck out of the way, um, and he is. That's. He's perfect for that for that role, and you know Bale's character is a is a fascinating character in the sense that he's he's survived as long as he is by being very good at his job. And part of the thing about being very good at his job is he has to be quite brutal sometimes. And it's the he's clearly a a smart man, and he's clearly at core he's clearly a good man, but he has the propensity to be able to do quite hideous things Mm -hmm. as is displayed by uh, at the end of it you know the he doesn't need to gut the guy at the end he wants to he wants to he wants to enact a revenge worthy of the people he's just killed yeah and that's the way he does it and he has the um he has the I, I don't. I don't know. Stomach for it's the best word. He has the ability to do that and absorb that and, in and, his psyche. And the great, the, the great thing is though, is that you look at that and you do kind of think like, is he just gone now? You know, yeah. and it's like, what is actually going to pull him back from the brink? And what pulls him back from the brink is just basically the love of a good woman. And it, that's know, it. And it, and it, it, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I, I, I loved that that scene. Um, one of the, I think there's, there's a lot of very, very good scenes. There's a lot of them happen to contain Rory Cochran. Um, but as well, the scene after Rory Cochran's character, they find him that he's shot himself. Um, and then it shoots back to the tent. And he's in the tent with, with Rosamund Pike. And she just puts her arm around him, and he just turns around. There's no, there's no romantic, there's no romance in that. No, it's absolutely. just it, that is just two two broken people comforting each other for that. Yeah, and I, I think that, that that 
in some other directors, they'd have been they'd have tried to make more. They'd have tried to sow that seed of of romance in that. And at that moment, I was I was sort of thinking. It's not going to happen because this movie's been too smart so far throughout this to not. It's not. They're not going to kiss. There's not going to be anything like that. But if they do, it fucking loses me. I don't want it to lose me. And it didn't. And it, so it didn't lose me. I thought it was. It's such an. Like I say, it's such an uncomfortable movie to watch, but you can't stop fucking watching it. And everything that happens in it is is horrible. I love the fact that the that a lot of the violence that you see. It, you don't see. It's quick, and it's what is it? And then the most brutal violence of it happens without you seeing it. You know, when they, um, the fur traders, uh, when they, they they kill them, it's done intense. Because what Scott Cooper is saying is the hideous thing I'm showing you now. And the hideous thing is these women chained to this so that they can rape them at will. That's the fucking horror of it, not what's going on in these fucking tents. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that, it's, it's interesting as well, because it, in a way, it's almost like trolling the people who came um, from watching the trailer, just in so much as, like, you know, they're tracking the... Um, I can't remember what they're called, but, like, the, the, the kind of, like, the really, really intense Native Americans... Who, the Comanches, yeah. Yeah, like, the fact that they are killed off-screen. Yeah, and, the fact and not that even it, by them, you know. Well, no, it is by them. But he found it's, by, it, it, it's by Yellowhawk. Oh, right, okay, no, sorry, I, yeah, but I like the whole... I, I just meant that it's not... Chris, sorry, yeah, but it's not Bale and company. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's that, and I think that line is fantastic, the fact that he turns round to Rory Cochran and says, you have a fucking fall asleep and I'll kill you myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's almost like Rory Cochran almost kind of says to him, by just looking at him, it says, who says I fell asleep? Because <laughs> yeah. he just says, you know, they're entitled to their kill. And it's, it's, it's almost like, off screen, he's gone, can you, there's maybe a bit that's been shot, or I don't even think it has been shot, but there's a bit there where Rory Cochran's character has gone up to Yellowhawk and, um, Blackhawk and said, you can track these, can't you? Yeah, right. As long as you fucking come back, they're staying with us. And as long as you fucking come back, go off and get them. Because they're going to get us if not. Yeah, I, it's just, I, I like the fact that we don't all, see it. All the, all the ma- I mean, what is the major bloodshed that's actually seen on screen? You've got the, like, the kind of the last battle. Yeah, but that's that, quite it. That's really it, isn't it? I mean, you've got the, the Jesse Plemons and, um, and but then Foster fight, and then it's, 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 it's the, the rain and dark, and you don't see anything, do you? Like it's a muddy, gritty, dirty fight. Yeah, the, 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 everything else happens without you seeing it, mm. really, with the exception of because I think it shows you its most violent bit at the start. You know, for fuck's sake, what? Where are you going to go from a baby I, getting that, shot? Actually, that's a very good point. Where do you go from that? Yeah. So it, it's yeah, that's a really good point. It, it's one of those whereby is this a little bit of a it, it, is Scott Cooper pulled a little bit of a Michael Cimino on us, whereby he's never going to do anything better than this, but you always feel like he could do. Yeah, I it's I'm now 
12,000% more interested in, in the next thing that Scott Cooper does than I was previously. Yeah, it, it was, because my thing was, it's going to be, my thing was, this looks like it's going to be good. But, based on Scott Cooper's previous record, how good can it actually be? Yeah. Well, this fucking good. Yeah, I, yeah, no, quite. It's it makes me want to. I, I I won't watch Black Mass again because I'm pretty sure my opinion's going to be set on that. But it makes me want to watch something like Out of the Furnace again. Yeah, I'm going to watch Out of the Furnace again. Black Mass was I thought was 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 fine. Ah, it was it, fine. whatever. It just it's it's fucking Johnny Depp doing an impression of someone. That's the thing. And, and I can agree with you on that. I I think I think yeah I think I I very much agree with you on that when we reviewed it. Mm. Um, but yeah, but this. Yeah, this is it, it's 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 very very fucking good, and it will be it will be troubling my what is it my number one spot I think. <coughs> I'm gonna have to think about it. Excuse me, over the next week or so, and I've got a few things I still need to watch yet. But I, yes, it, it, so do I. Top top spoiler top three, but I don't know where. I that's where I am with it at the moment as well. Yeah. Um, and it, it, there's every chance it could be it could be number one because there's, there's but there's a couple there's a couple there vying for it. I do think it is a proper American classic though. Yeah, it's it's one that people are going to look back on and wonder why they slept on it. And they slept on it because they were discussing how right on they are. Yeah. If in in what I will say is. If it, if it still exists in any sort of format, in 10 years' time, there will be a criterion of this. Yeah, no, I agree. There probably won't be of seven of the eight movies that will get nominated for Best Picture. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. I, 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 Oscar nominations are going to be fascinating. But we'll see. They are fascinating. They're, they're both going to be both fascinating and potentially really fucking boring at the I same just, time. Fucking, I, I love Blumhouse, but I just, I don't, like, I just, Get Out is not best picture. It's, it's getting a nomination, though, you know that, don't you? Fucking, it's going to get... You know it's getting a nomination. I know, no, I know it's getting a nomination for best picture, and it's awesome that Jason Blum is going to be, an, again, an Oscar nominee. Like, which is fucking incredible, but, like, just... Oh, fuck. Anyway. Yep. It's a four uh, out of five the... film. Get Out is a four out of five film. It's a solid horror film. It's not... It is the. It is one of the films that define 2017. It doesn't make it one of the best films of 2017. Sorry. Yep, no, completely agree with you on that. Um, Hostiles, definitely not shit, 57%. Uh, touching Cloth, 14%. And shit, 29%. Wow, how many votes? Only seven. Okay, so that was like what two people? Yeah. You people are cray cray. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe they maybe they did go in expecting a completely different movie. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. Are you wanting to do some what we've been watching or? Um, I am gonna run through. I've got a bunch, but I'm gonna run through them. Go on then. Yeah. Because I because I I've not that many because I finished watching Manhunt and I watched the entirety of the new series of The Ranch. So I have a few that I can run through. Okay, all right, fair enough. Right, I'm going to be quick then. Okay, The Foreigner, Jackie Chan, Pierce Brosnan. Um, it It's basically a really weird, generic Pierce Brosnan government thriller thing, and every now and then Jackie Chan turns up and punches some people. Uh, very, very odd, but it's on Netflix and it wasn't horrible. 
uh, Scrooge Christmas Vacation I'll skip those it's you know time's gone uh, Atomic Blonde um, oh yeah you watched this didn't you yeah um, weird plot feels like it's really really confusing and convoluted but then also really simple by the end of it as well um, and the ending is fascinating because it presents Charlize Theron as this like woman doing everything for herself and then the ending kind of is like oh really uh, so yeah um also there's a kind of a bisexual relationship in it which literally feels like it was just made for erections which is you know it's okay but you know uh who does yeah. want an erection well yeah uh the film looks great action's really good fantastic one shot looking thing <laughs> pardon me <laughs> and uh yeah so there's uh <laughs> it's directed by david leach who's uh directed deadpool 2 and based off the action on in this great I yep. uh, hope he can handle the comedy. Um, okay, so uh, the Red Turtle. It's on Amazon Prime. Guy fucks a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Sorry, I've got something in my phone now. Very, very well animated. The first half, like, third to half of this film is fucking fantastic. And then, for me, it went off and I didn't really know what it was trying to say. Um, and, 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 yeah, a guy actually fucks a turtle, doesn't he? Yeah, well, it's a... The, it's a turtle in female human form, but he fucks a turtle and like they have a kid and the kid appears to be half turtle, but in the shape of a boy, he fucks a turtle. Um, Does it become a ninja, the kid? No. Um, oh, fuck it, they've wasted it, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, it's very, very pretty. I A lot of people are giving it like best animated film of the decade. Fuck off. Um, Beauty and the Beast. Rewatch that. Oh, no, the animated version this is. Watched it with lots. Um, oh, yeah. And Donna. Um, you know, yeah. It's Beauty and the Beast, isn't it? Don't really need to talk about that. Um, see, I'm fucking cracking through. Um, Girls Trip. Um, a lot of people have said this is one of the best comedies of last year. 2017, that is. 2017 was a poor year for comedies. And this is a very solid comedy that in most years would not be the comedy of the year. But, yeah, made me laugh quite a lot. Um, you do care about the, the, the characters by the end of it. Uh, it's a bit long. Uh, the whole film seems to be uh, sponsored by Coca-Cola. It's really distracting how much Coca-Cola, like genuinely, how much Coca-Cola product placement there is in it. But I did not hate it. Very funny. Tiffany Haddish, um, who I'd not, not really heard of before, is fucking incendiary in some of the shit she does in that film. Uh, very, very good. Um, and four out of five. Solid, solid time. Um, Gold. The Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I... I've been meaning to watch this for so long because it is, it it, it, it just, I think it looks like it'd be really solid entertainment. But every time I suggest it to Beck, she's like, it's not a tonight movie. I'm like, can I just watch this on my fucking arm? It's like, I know, I'll buy watching it, but it's just not tonight. <laughs> Straight down the line, three out of five. Um, it, you know, it, it just, it's very, very derivative. Like everything plays out exactly how you expect it. There is a you know, there is a little bit of a twist in the tail in the third act, but you know, which is fine. But everything else, it's it's rags to riches to rags. You know, yeah, it is what it is. But but you know, McConaughey's good. Um, yeah, it, it's quite pacey as well. Actually, it's like two hours long, but doesn't quite feel it. So there's that. Um, did a did a bit of movie watching. Um, 
like I'd, I'd been unsubscribed from movie for so long that they were chucking free shit at me, so I thought, why not? Um, so, Olivier Assayas' Irma Vep, uh, which is basically Maggie Chung is playing herself. She's cast in a remake of Les Vampires, um, and it's basically her dealing with the French film industry. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, quite enjoyed it, actually. Well, no, I didn't quite enjoy it. It was fucking brilliant. Um, it's really playful, but it's also very serious. There's a lot of commentary about the French film industry at the time. Um, there's a lot of kind of like referencing older films and their styles. And, and, and the, the ending of the film goes very experimental, but in a fucking fantastic way. Uh, just fucking brilliant. Maggie Chung is very, very, very likable. She just is stuck in this weird world of French people. Um, they're just the conversations are brilliant. It's you know, it just it's very, very good at what it is, and what it is is a kind of a slight film that has shit to say. But because it's over twenty years old, it kind of feels like that shit to say is done, so you can just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I actually really enjoyed it. It's a very earnest film, but it's very playful. And I wish that films that have a message these days were as playful as Irma Vep is. So uh, I recommend it. Um, and it's an anagram of vampire, just in case. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So also on movie uh, Felicite, uh, which was the silver bear winner at Berlin. Oh yes. Uh, and I think that was last year, I want to say. Uh, when, yeah. Um, or is it? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, the Silver Bear Jury Grand Prize. Uh, so, yeah, basically, first to take, um, it's uh, a woman um, who uh, living in uh, the Congo, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, she's a singer. Uh, her son is a bit of a delinquent. He gets into a motorcycle accident. She has to try and get the money for an operation for him. That's the first half of the film. The second half of the film then kind of goes off on tangents. Um, the first half is brilliant. The, the woman who plays Felicity is, I, I, I would talk about it more, but I want to be brief, is great. The second half of the film is not great. Um, and I'm a little bit puzzled as to why it won essentially the runner-up prize at Berlin. Um, the, the first hour is brilliant, though. That's the thing. That might be why. But it, it, for me, it didn't quite add up to the sum of its parts. And uh, lastly, for my movie watches, um, Sion Sono's Anti-Porno, uh, which is a hell of a title for a film. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a, a, a woman making a porno. And for the first 15, 20 minutes, it's that porno. But then it turns out that like there's a bit of fourth wall breaking and she's actually on a set and her character seems to be struggling. Well, she seems to be struggling with the character. And... Um, I mean, shit, man. The fucking description of it on Letterboxd. This is the synopsis. Kyoko is a novel writer and artist. She sucks herself in a room painted in bright colours. She carries out her schedule minute by minute. Kyoko's schedule is sent from her manager, Noriko. That's the synopsis. <laughs> uh, which is incredible. Um, but yeah, it's this weird... fourth wall-breaking thing where... 
it's you know like um fucking roman porno yeah yeah it, it's apparently it's supposed to be like it's a project where they gave free directors remake remakes to of roman porno films or something but said they've got to be at least 80 minutes uh they've got to be under 80 minutes long and there's got to be a sex scene every 10 minutes yeah. it's like dogmen 1995 but for people with boners <laughs> um so i don't know what the other two films are but it's basically yeah there is a bit of a sex scene every 10 minutes but it's just see on sono just going mad um which is just, a beautiful thing yeah like just there's colors there's paint being splashed all over the place and scenes jumping from one thing to another thing and you got no real idea why um and there are long monologues about how men are fucking dickheads and, and it's like, yeah, I agree with absolutely everything you're saying. There are some nice boobs. There's some nice colours. And it's 76 minutes long. And by the end, I wanted to lie down. Um, it's <laughs> qu- quite something. It's quite something. Um, anyway, yeah, four, solid four out of five, though. I quite enjoyed my time with that. Um, okay, I've only got a couple left. So, Goon, Last of the Enforcers. It's very, very good. It's better than Goon. It made me laugh a lot. I was very surprised. Well done, Jay Baruchel. Ah, cause that's, uh, is that on Netflix? Netflix. It is on Netflix. And, uh, yeah, I laughed a lot. Ah, so I, quite, I quite liked Goon. Yeah, no, no you'll, you'll enjoy Goon, too. And lastly, The Hitman's Bodyguard. Uh, ah, it's, it's a fun, bit yeah. long, buddy. It is. Oh, a it bit is a bit long, long yeah. Um, you know, like it's fucking like it, it's like a solid two hours long, and it did not need. It doesn't to need to be that. You, you could lose twenty minutes that movie without like, with ease. Easy. Um, and I, I, you know, Gary Oldman was totally just like, right, just I don't care. I, I, what accent do you want me to do? Fine. All right. Uh, do I have to wear a fat suit? No. Okay. Great. I can I can just be myself be myself with an accent. Cool. How much are you going to pay me? Five million dollars? Yeah, cool. All right, fine. I'll rock up. Um, you know, it just feels like a bunch of people being paid quite a lot of money to do some fairly entertaining shit. Yep. You know, Salma Hayek's having a good time. Uh, <laughs> like, yep. You know, like she she does she does good shit. You know, like if they ever did a sequel, I'd I'd be up for watching it. I wouldn't it wouldn't be bated breath, but yeah, man, it was it was all right. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It it is definitely fun. I watched um, fucking, I did, what did I? Yeah, I did Goon to the Hitman's Bodyguard and Anti Porno all on the same day. That was a triple bill. That was. I tell you what. That is a triple bill to watch. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's me caught up. Cool. Um, what I'll say then is, are we going to review three billboards outside Evan Missouri? Yeah, we'll review it next week, eh? Cool. I'll 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 I won't speak for that now then. Cool. Um, I'll I'll speed round mine though as well. Cool. Um, every um New Year's Eve, um, myself, Becky, and Isabel always watch a disaster movie, and this year we watched 2012. Very good. I like 2012. It's fun. There we go. Mm-hmm. No more of that. It's way too long, but I kind of like the fact that it's way too long. I like the fact that, that 2012 is two hours forty minutes long. Because it shouldn't be. <laughs> nice. Um, what else did I watch? Um, rewatched it. How'd that go? Holds up really well, actually. Yeah. Sweet. Um, yeah, it's. It, it, 
it's not as it's not as eerie the second time round, but it's it feels pacier the second time round. That's interesting. It was what I say, which I thought was a bit weird because I, I thought it would feel the opposite. Uh, feels pacier. You feel a little bit more of the uh, the heart that's in it than you do with the first than the first one, and you do notice other little bits, or I notice anyway, uh, other little bits. That I think I missed out the first time we watched it, but yeah, it it still holds up. It's a really solid movie, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to the next one in like a year or so's time. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I think it is like eighteen months in it. Um, we watched Lord of War. Um, Lord was a great film. It's one of those weird sort of films, like uh, Rounders and things like that, that came around at that kind of uh, early mid noughties time uh, that never really got their dues as such, but are actually really quite entertaining movies. And Lord of War is one of those. It's probably, I think you could argue to say it, it's it's one of the few kind of post um, two thousand. Nick Cage movies that's actually decent because mm. there's not that many let's be honest but this is definitely one of them um, uh, we watched the um, the Tim Blake Nelson movie uh, Oh oh shit the, the remake of A Fellow yeah yeah, yeah that guy it's such a fun, it, it, it's such a a cast of of, of, of so hot right now uh, at a time when you've got Mackay Pfeiffer, Josh Hartnett, Julia Stiles, and Eldon Henson in yeah, there. That's a cast. That is a fucking cast. That is a cast where you look at it and go, if you were to cast those people in a movie now, you'd go, huh? <laughs> but at the time, it was like, oh. Mm. Um, and yeah, Josh Hartnett's hair's doing that Josh Hartnett hair thing that it did. <laughs> around that time mm. where it seemed to be all over the place but that was the styling of it there is actually literally there is one bit where his hair is perfectly styled you look at it and go oh he looks fucking good and then he roughed his hair up and he go now he looks like Josh Hartnett <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's a really quite a solid movie to be honest it's you can tell it's directed by a, by a decent director in Tim Blake Nelson um, and yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. I've, I've watched it a few times. It's only 90 sort of five minutes long, but it's it holds up without holding up, if that makes sense. It feels a movie that's dated, but you can still enjoy watching it. Hmm. You know, I fucking like Andrew Keegan in it, for God's sake. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also watched, weirdly, first movie I think I watched of the uh, new year. Yes. Yep. Fist Fight. Uh, that, oh, fuck. Right, okay. How was that? It's shit. Yeah. You like kind it, of enjoyed you? it. Yeah, of course you did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't know about Fist Fight? Fist Fight is um, a film starring um, Charlie Day uh, and Ice Cube. Uh, Tracy Morgan's also in it. Uh, Julianne Bell is in it. Um, and Christina Hendricks is in it. I don't get the Julianne Bell thing. Okay. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's understandable. She's not funny. She's just not funny. Charlie Day can be quite funny. Ice Cube is funny without actually being funny, if that makes sense. In the sense that he's there to not tell jokes, and that's why it's funny. Um, Tracy Morgan is funny. Okay. Sorry about that. Fist fight. Yeah. So, yeah, she's not funny, and she plays the. 
I think she plays the guidance counsellor in this. It's never, it, it is mentioned, but she's not a teacher. I think she's a guidance counsellor. But she's constantly talking about how uh, one of the pupils wants to fuck her and uh, how many drugs she takes and everything like that. And it's it's just a little bit like, you, you can kind of tell that everybody else on set is going, this isn't funny. Yeah. This isn't funny. Because it, it literally is any comedic air that the movie has, which isn't that much, I'm going to be honest, is kind of sucked out of it every time she's on screen. And she's on screen way too fucking much. Uh, but the gist of the story is... It's the last day before summer vacation. Uh, it's not a very good school they're at. The kids are all doing like a prank day thing and the pranks have got a little bit out of hand. Uh, and the only teacher that none of them fuck with is Ice Cube's teach, is the Ice Cube character. Um, but then they play a prank on him and he loses his shit and smashes up a kid's phone and desk with an axe. Um, mm. and then when the principal calls them in to sort of find out what happens he basically threatens and says one of you is leaving this office without a job uh, or both of you unless somebody tells you what happened so Charlie Day's character essentially grasses <laughs> Ice Cube's character in and then Ice Cube's character tells him that that's it, they're going to have a fight <laughs> to solve it after nice. school and so Charlie Day's character has to essentially try and avoid having this fight and Hilarity ensues, except it doesn't ensue at all. Mm. It's just Christina Hendricks. Christina Hendricks literally seems to be in this movie for one reason only, to walk slowly at one point. I'm not adverse to that, mind. I'm not adverse to that. But that is literally all she does. Tracy Morgan, Tracy Morgan is a gym teacher who never seems to. I, I, I don't think at any point you see Tracy Morgan move in this movie. He seems to just be sat or stood up <laughs> or sat or stood up. But he's Tracy Morgan is a weird character in the sense that I don't think he should be as funny as he is. And I've seen some of his stand up, and I don't think it's that funny. But then when you get him in little bursts, he can be quite amusing. I do rather enjoy Tracy Morgan. I, I do, yeah. Mm. Um, it's it's 91 minutes, and it's possibly 10 minutes too long. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Kulamani uh, Ninjani's in it. Oh, yeah? How's he? <laughs> He's quite funny in it, actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he plays the um, security guy for the um, school but refuses to break up the fight because the fight is happening after school time. Oh, that cast isn't bad. Like, yeah. Do you know what? When it crops up on Netflix, because it will, but it'll be on Netflix probably at the end of March. Yeah. Uh, I watched it on Sky. Um, it's worth a train ride or a um, or a treadmill watch. Okay. All right. Perfect. It's it's don't be wrong. It's crap, but it's watchable. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I give that a go. But that's that's it for what I've, I've watched uh, this this week. Um, we do have a couple of questions. Let's do this. So let me just find them. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Mr. Tom Ripley, uh, Tom, uh, Mr. Tom Ripley, uh, Ian, uh, 
uh, would Ian subscribe to the Gorilla channel if it was available? Um, it depends how many hours a day they're on for. Eight. What time? Uh, they're on from um, eight at night, seven at night till eleven at night. Yeah. Seven in the morning till eleven in the morning. Okay, so. I could watch a bit before I take lots to school in the morning when I'm on the school run. Can I watch it on my phone? Yep. Okay. Yeah, because lots would be watching the TV. There's no way I could fucking get around that. Um, okay, so the morning would be all right. 7 to 11 at night. Okay. I'd get a solid hour of gorilla watching in, in the night. Okay, yep. how much are we talking? It's three ninety nine a month. Three ninety nine a month. Yeah. Oh, that's a deal. Yeah. yeah. All right. I would. There you go. Yes. Cool. Um, the Ginger Prince at TGP seventy three. What's your New Year film resolution, lads? Fuck. I actually do actually have one. I want yeah. to watch. A, I want to watch a film made um, before at least one film made before nineteen fifty nine every month. Fuck you know. That's a good, yeah. That's good. I, I don't think I like I've seen a lot of pre, essentially like colorized movies, pre sixties movies. I've seen a lot of them, but it was years ago. I, I fucking it was when I was a kid and stuff like that. And for instance, on it's fucking moved now. Aren't it? iTunes Video has moved to this stupid TV thing that it insists upon. You can change that. Can you? Well, hang on. Are we talking when you press the home button on Apple TV, it defaults to the TV thing? Can I change that? Because that's annoying the shit out yeah, of me. Yeah, you can change it in the settings. Ah, oh, fuck, I'll do that. Yeah, but on my phone, literally, an app disappeared. I didn't know which app it was, and it's my videos app. It's oh, kind of like yeah, because it's in the TV. Yeah, man, that is a fuck. Yeah, like, they should have fucking explained that. Yeah. Well, in that, in my, in my iTunes library, I have City Lights, which I've not... I, I've seen, but I've not watched in decades um and i also have um the great dictator again which i've seen but not watched in a very very fucking long time why are i watching them i bought them why are i fucking watching them so i'm going to commit to doing that um and i also want to watch uh, more um foreign cinema this year than i i, I have done because i've got a bit lazy with that um my my I suppose my resolution would just be to uh, watch more films. Um, I've found myself very sidetracked by video games in the last couple of years, um, but have had a realisation lately that I spend 30, 40 hours on a game and don't really feel that nourished by it, unless it's something like Zelda, uh, like Breath of the Wild, which is not going to happen every day so the switch is now permanently in lottie's room um as a bid to try and get her to be in her room more instead of fucking destroying our living room um, <laughs> and it, it's working even though she because she can't quite play super mario odyssey by herself yet i have to play that with her a lot yeah like literally i probably played that with her for about three hours today because i like she had a, a, an inset day and i was home um but yeah my my aim is to i i logged 300 diary entries on letterboxd last month a couple years back i managed like 400 yeah so 
that is an aim. And so far, if we're not counting today, seven days of the year, I've watched nine films. So it's that's it. I, I, I'm in that in the sense that I want to. I want to watch. I want to get. I've got back in my groove with movies again. I'm, I'm back in that point where I've I've kind of fallen back in love with movies again. I never fell out of love with it, but it was a bit like I was. I wasn't watching as much as I used to, whereas now I'm back in. I, for instance, I've got Wednesday off work and I've got a few things that I want to catch up on and I'm there going, I'm really fucking looking forward to just getting back straight up at work, getting home, putting my breakfast on and going, right, let's fucking have you. Yeah, yeah, and, quite. And doing like three or four, or what is it? You know, doing essentially like movies back to back at the cinema the other day was just like, I fucking love this. yeah. No, I'm, I'm 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 there with you. I mean, as you know, I um had some fucking issues with that shit towards the end of, of last year, and I didn't really talk about it on the show. But I I don't know. I think I've I think I've passed that now. Um, so That's it. You, yeah. we all have those moments where we kind of go, I'm a little bit you you're a little bit drained by it all. And also, well, I'm gonna I, I want to stop getting embroiled in the the bullshit around. It, I still take I, an interest key. in it, but I'm looking at going. I, I'm very much, I'm very confident and very comfortable in the way that I view movies. Yeah, so, that's key. Yeah. I, I, for instance, there's, there's, I'm not going to mention what film it is, but there is one film that is getting a lot of awards, buzz, and everything like that. That I saw the trailer for in front of two of the movies that we won't view this week, and went, "Oh, is that that movie? Right." That looks in fucking sufferable. I need to watch that, and I hope it isn't as bad as I think it's going to be. Huh, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm going to watch it, and I, I genuinely hope it isn't, but the trailer made me go, wow, that looks fucking awful. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll reveal what it is next week. Or I'll probably on WhatsApp to you straight after I've watched it where I go, yep. yeah, I'm an idiot. Or I go, I'm right. <laughs> Okay, uh, all right. Very interested. Uh, Steve uh, Dixon at the Great SD. What are your top five Geostorm movies of all time? Oh, Actually, Jesus. better make it top six, as number one will obviously be a Geostorm. Happy New Year to you both, and all the best. Happy Fuck. New Year to you as well. That requires more thought. Should we come back next week then with our top five Geostorm? Yeah, fuck, all right. Try and remind me, but yeah, like that, that requires more thought. Yeah, uh, should we include that? We, is, is it our end of year show next yeah, week? Yeah, it will doing? be. Yeah, yeah. Should we include that within our top with our our usual bits? That sounds good. Yeah, we'll do Let's our do top that. five Geostorm for over the for, for not just the year but for the over the years. Yes, because next week there we go. Spoiler alert for next week. Um, we'll be doing our end of year show. Um, I always enjoy doing our end of year show. It's quite it's, it's always a fun show to do. Um, but yes, we'll be doing our top ten movies. Our biggest five disappointments, our biggest five surprises, and our worst five movies. And as always, no film can be repeated twice within those. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was no, that was episode yes. two hundred thirty-eight. Um, three solid movies reviewed, I think. That's hmm. enough to think, kind of thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's it for me as well. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be like last year, where literally we were like there were like three reviews within the top ten list. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I no, that actually won't happen this year. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, right. Um, so yeah. Uh, anything else to add, Ian? I'm good. 
Thanks cool. for listening. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, at Dude and Monkey, um, at Ian Loring, at Dude Foz, DudeandMonkey.com. Hopefully I've got a couple of rating bits going on there this week. Nice. Because that's another film resolution for this year. I want to get more rating on the site. Very good. Uh, so I've got a couple of things that are hopefully going up on that this week. Uh, I've also got, uh, we've got a couple of, I know that I've got a couple of Patreon shows that will be uh, going up this week. Um, so we'll be back on with that. Uh, apologies, it's been a bit late over the Christmas period. I think that was just due to the fact that we, we, we both had quite hectic schedules and um, recording device issues. Yeah, I mean, the recording issues was the thing. I, like, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised that I even fucking did that show and it wasn't it wasn't my finest hour but it was something yep uh, so yeah so thank you very much for listening guys and we shall speak to you next week bye bye cool right I am gonna go and eat like a motherfucker nice very good right uh, very good show that bud yep solid